The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Yeah, it is, but it's just not any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Tuckheads Tuesday, and it's presented by DraftKings. As you can tell, my voice is a little bit dicey, so I'm trying to keep it low so I don't lose it. We'll have a new Spread the Word winner, sponsor confirmation email winner, YouTube shout out, all that stuff this week. But I'll save that for tomorrow. Patron of the day, Damon Lyons. Thank you, Damon. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Very excited, even though my voice doesn't sound like it, for today's guest, Let's get right to them. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. So I've been wanting to talk to somebody about Super Bowl tickets. Really, tickets in general, but Super Bowl tickets in particular. So very pumped to have my guy Daniel Kaplan from The Athletic, who just wrote an article about Super Bowl tickets which I, I just find the whole process to be very interesting. You can follow him, by the way, at Kaplan Sports Biz on Twitter. K-A-P-L-A-N Sports Biz on Twitter. Daniel, thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, and I'm sorry you're fighting that cold there. Yeah, you know what? When you have two sick daughters, it's like inevitable bro <laughs> it's like... yeah I, I have i have older kids and i remember those days when you were sick every other week unreal um let's just start with the process dan so the stadium seats seventy thousand, whatever talk to me about how those tickets are allocated sure um and it's been this way for a while with some tweaks along the way but the, the two competing teams, in this case, obviously, uh, the Chiefs and Eagles, they each get 17.5% of the tickets. Um, so 35% there between the two teams. And they, they distribute the tickets the way they want to friends and family, to sponsors, to VIPs, to their season ticket holders. Uh, they have to make that decision. The host team, in this case, the Arizona Cardinals, they get 5% of the tickets. And 
they distribute the tickets the same way. Uh, and one thing I should add is under the collective bargaining agreement with the players, each player is allowed to buy a ticket, one ticket at face value. So theoretically, that could be almost thousands of tickets. Uh, it's not, but it theoretically could be thousands of tickets distributed that way. Then the 29 other teams in the NFL get 1.2% of the tickets each. And then the remaining, the remaining, the number is 25.2% goes to the NFL and they distribute that to sponsors, friends and families, media, those kinds of people. Okay. So then how does the, uh, how does the secondary market start to take place then? Well, all, all of that, what you just said, that's all face value, right? It's all face value, and the, tic- the, the, the tickets get distributed to brokers uh, through, through their connections at, at the teams. The teams uh, will put together packages. Some of the friends and family may sell the tickets on the secondary market. Some of the season ticket holders may sell the tickets on the secondary market. The NFL also has a relationship with a company called On Location, and they do hospitality events. They'll They'll put together packages to events like the Final Four, the Super Bowl, the Masters, and and the the company that owns On Location is Endeavor, the agency, and they have a license with the NFL to get twenty up to twenty percent of the Super Bowl tickets, and these are sold through again packages with hotels, uh, events at the Super Bowl, tailgate parties, things like that. They're not, it's not an individual ticket; you have to have it packaged with with the amenities I just described. So this isn't the same at all, like a concert where like, you know how like the whole big Taylor Swift Ticketmaster thing, the Super Bowl is not like that, is it? Super Bowl is not like that. You don't just uh, call up Ticketmaster and get a ticket to the Super Bowl. Um, It's just not enough inventory. As it turned out, there wasn't enough inventory for Taylor Swift also, Uh, but it a few years ago, the, the it was the Wild West. The, the brokers would get control of these tickets. They would put them on sale. Uh, the t- prices would rise. They would fall. Uh, it, it was hard to know how to get a Super Bowl ticket. A few years ago, the last time the Super Bowl was in Arizona, the, the brokers got caught in what was called a short squeeze. And I'll explain what that is. Um, there had been a pattern with the Super Bowl. That when the two teams made it, the price would spike. People would rush in, buy it, and the tickets prices would then start to fall. Um, and so the ticket brokers saw this, and they said, why don't we put the tickets on sale that we don't have right away? Fans will come in and pay, say, $4,000 for it. And then when it falls, we'll actually buy it at the $2,000, dollars $3,000 price it falls to. And then give then give those tickets to the people who paid us four or $5,000 and, pro- and pocket the difference as profit well in 2015 with the game that the seahawks and patriots played uh the price didn't fall in fact it spiked and that's what was called a short squeeze occurred and the brokers could couldn't afford the tickets and fans if you remember the stories fans got to the super bowl in 2015 and they the tickets didn't materialize and it was a it was a whole fiasco so the nfl as a result with on location decided to take control of more of the tickets and they've basically put a floor on your Super Bowl tickets now where it's you're not going to be able to get a ticket for less than four or five thousand dollars um when you sell a ticket at a profit do you pay taxes on that 
you're supposed to pay taxes on it. And now that it's all digital, uh, it's all mobile, it'd be, it's hard to escape when it was just a physical paper ticket and there was no evidence of the transaction. Uh, I guess you were on the honor system whether to pay taxes or not. So, but there's no way to like track your social security number or anything, right? Like how, how would the authorities know? Well, I'm not an expert on taxes, so I don't know how the IRS works. And from what the Democrats say, they're understaffed at the IRS. So I don't know um, if they can actually track it. But there would be a paper trail uh, through mobile ticketing of these transactions. So uh, you're you're running the risk, I, I, I suppose, that uh, they could find this out, that you bought you bought a ticket for four thousand dollars and sold it for six thousand. Got it. Um, all of this secondary market stuff is totally legal, right? Like back in the day when we were growing up, (laughs) scalping was illegal. Like at what point did it go from being called scalping to being called the secondary market and go from illegal to legal? I would say it was about 10 or 15 years ago that the state rules started to change and the, the technology got to the point where this was all possible. I mean, if you remember, there was a there was a time when the Yankees were fighting StubHub and Stub, they, the Yankees wouldn't let StubHub sell the tickets. And if you wanted to use the if you wanted to use StubHub uh, to buy Yankee tickets, you had to show up at a StubHub location across the street from Yankee Stadium to pick up your tickets. Um, so that's all changed. It's all it's you can go to any platform and buy any ticket now. Uh, the teams, the leagues, the, the authorities—they've—they've. This is this is the way it is. You can you can buy a ticket, you can buy a ticket, sell a ticket on any almost any platform. Why doesn't the NFL just raise the face value? Like, if tickets don't go for any less than five thousand, I know face value is lower. So why don't they just make the face value five thousand? You know, it's funny. I asked a secondary ticket guy that that very question, and he was befuddled by it because they don't they they just it never comes up to, to them that they get a ticket at face value. But uh, the reason he hypothesized, and it seemed right, it was just taxes. If you're going to be giving out if you're going to be giving out these tickets to the teams who are distributing them to friends and families, it's a thing of value. And if it's a thing of value, it gets taxed. So if if you're handing someone a five thousand dollar ticket, that's a big tax bill. If you're handing someone an $800 ticket, it's a smaller tax bill. And the NFL has always liked to say when they're accused of increasing the prices on Super Bowl tickets, well, the face value is $800, $900. So, um, I mean, it's a little it's a little shaky given that they're creating a secondary market out there with on location that is pumping these prices up. But still, the face value is far less. Right. Um so this whole thing is fascinating to me. So the teams out of their 1.2% or <laughs> 17.5% or whatever, they choose the percentage of those that they're going to sell to one of these secondary market providers and they decide the amount that they're going to charge them basically. Well, the, the the secondary market providers the, in the, the ticket brokers, they, they, they form relationships with the teams, with individuals 
Um, and there, there are just people who will put up their, their tickets on the platforms. Uh, another thing the teams do is they form relationships with travel companies. And the travel companies will put together packages. And so they'll, they'll be able to sell a package of a ticket, a hotel room, uh, meet and greet with a legend of the team, and maybe a party before the Super Bowl. And they'll they'll charge you know some exorbitant fee for that seven eight thousand uh, dollars. I just saw a, a a package for Super Bowl tickets with a with a uh, private jet company, and it was they pick you up private jet, you get all these party the Super Bowl parties like three or four of them. You get a nice hotel room, you get a tailgate party, you get the tickets to the game and the jet ride home. Do you know how much that was? Two hundred twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> oh man, that that's more I'll, than I'll my whole rookie year. I'll send you the email, Ross. I know I'm sure you have lots of people who want to pay that. That's unbelievable. Um, do you know anything about like concert tickets or anything like that? Well, I went online to ch- check that out. They're 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 selling on the secondary market. Some of these some of these concerts for four or five hundred dollars, um, which is crazy when you think about 20 30 years ago that's what it costs to go to the super bowl uh to give to give your listeners an idea of how this has changed with the nfl taking over more of the control of the inventory since 2015 uh when two two super bowls ago two super bowls in arizona ago when the giants played the patriots uh i think it was 2008 the day of the game you could get into the game at five for five hundred dollars um that, that's where prices had dropped it by that point um, the, the, the best you could do to get into the day of the game, pretty much the last four or five years is $5,000. It's, it's a, it's a completely different animal. Now it, you, you need thousands and thousands to just get the cheapest seat at the game. Wow. Um, and, and what do you attribute that to again? Well, it's uh, a lot to do with the NFL creating a floor um, uh, by controlling so much of the inventory with its own location partner. Um, you can't, you can't, it, it's, it's a little complicated uh, to explain, but they, because they control so much supply and, and, and so supply, they can create a demand by artificially. If you go to on location, the cheapest you can get a Super Bowl ticket is $5,000. And that sort of sets the price for the market. Got it. Um, what about like not at the Super Bowl concerts? Like we mentioned Taylor Swift. Like, do you do you do you follow that story? Do you know what happened there? Well, it just seems like they. I mean, I didn't follow it that closely, but it seemed like there was just overwhelming demand, and they put the tickets all on sale at the same time, and they were just overwhelmed. It sounded like. Yeah. I I find that so interesting, like the whole, and then people were like, immediately, it felt like all these secondary markets had them, and they're like crazy expensive. I think that the secondary markets, they have, they have the bots, you know, they, they put in millions of requests through the the computer bots, and they, 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 they get tickets that way. Okay. Is that how it works? You can't do that with Super Bowl tickets because it's all it's the inventory is controlled by by the league. The, all the tickets are through the league, and they distribute them 
digitally to the way I said, 17.5% to the individual, the two teams and blah, blah, blah. So you, it's not like they're all, they're all going on sale at Ticketmaster at once. In that case, you'd probably have the same Taylor Swift situation. Got it. Um, different teams can be very different in terms of how many tickets each player gets. Have you ever heard about that? No. I mean, I, all I know is that they're required to sell uh, one ticket to each player at face value, whether they decide to give more tickets to to the star players. I, I, I suppose that probably happens. Well, so um, when I was playing, we were able to buy two at face value. Two at face value each player. What I'm saying, though, is the two teams in the Super Bowl, sometimes I've heard teams where each player gets up to 16 tickets. (laughs) I've also heard teams where each player gets up to eight tickets. So the teams themselves decide how many they're going to give to each player and their family. Yes. I mean, they, each team has 17.5%. Now some of that 17.5% uh, under the, the, the changes that took place after 2015 go to on location. The, the, the allocation that on location has comes from the, the two participating teams in the NFL's position, 25 point, 25.2% uh, ticket allotment. So I don't know because they have fewer tickets. Now the two teams, uh, if they, are a little more parsimonious with how they distribute to the players, but I can cer- certainly see um, more than one or two tickets going to going to the players of the two teams. How um, <clears throat> how popular is this Super Bowl? Since third time in four years for the Chiefs, second time in five years for the Eagles, what's it looking like early here for this Super Bowl? It's looking it's looking strong. Uh, the average ticket price right now is trading a, a little lower than last year, which was a record, which was near a record high. So, which is so it's trading about seven eight thousand dollars right now. The the get in the cheapest price is trading at about the mid five thousand dollar level. So, uh, the story I wrote said that the the floor price, the the, the cheapest the ticket will get. Won't the experts don't expect that will fall below five thousand dollars probably ever again because of all the reasons we've we we've been discussing uh, because of that it, it would take a take a really bad Super Bowl matchup to see cheaper ticket prices you'd have to I don't know you'd have to be Jaguars Lions or something like that where there wouldn't be as perhaps great demand had the Cowboys and Bills made the Super Bowl then the prices would have been off the charts. Uh, but generally, this Super Bowl, because the teams of you know the Eagles were there five years ago, the the Chiefs are were there just a couple of years ago. The demand is strong, but it's not off the charts. Um, what are you hearing, if anything, Dan, about potential neutral site championship games? Well, it's an interesting. It's interesting. the 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 man who coined the name Super Bowl, Lamar Hunt, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, he advocated for years. He passed away in two thousand six, but he he advocated for years for neutral site uh, championship games. He thought that the events should be like the Super Bowl. You could sell. You could bid them out to host cities. You could you could market them. Fans could 
could could treat the, those games like the Super Bowl, like a big party, something they could plan around. But it never caught on. The the other owners didn't like it for all the reasons we've heard currently, which is the teams like the chance to host a cha- championship game. Um, I'm not hearing a great deal that there's enthusiasm for this, but if the NFL were to produce produce a proposal that showed it could make a lot of money, we know what NFL owners think about profit-making opportunities. Um, Yes, we absolutely do. Check him out on social media, please. You absolutely should. He's fantastic. At Kaplan Sports Biz. Daniel, thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Good stuff there with Dan Kaplan. You know what else is good stuff? Wine. America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf, takes the guesswork out of wine selection. So my wife and I did this. You take their short taste quiz. You rate the first few wines they send you. So then you have a pretty good feel for what you like, what you don't. After you send that back in, they are able to give you wines that you love 96% accuracy. So my wife is more the wine person than me. She has been very, very happy so far with the selection she's been getting from First Leaf, which, by the way, has a satisfaction guarantee, which is awesome. Sign up today, and you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to try. Firstleaf.com slash Tucker. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash Tucker to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Try Firstleaf.com slash Tucker. Tucks takes. All right, Ross. Need to get you a lozenge. I got a few here if you need one. I'll send them over to you if you need it for next episode. But we'll start off with 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy, who has suffered a torn UCL and is out for six months. So just so you know, and everybody else, I've had tea. I've gargled with salt water. I have a lozenge in. (laughs) I've sprayed my throat with this stuff. I've done everything you can possibly do. I hate when people say, I need to get you a lozenge. Like that'll solve it. Like, like <clears throat> I have tried everything. Um, My reasoning, I was referencing hard knocks. I don't know if you remember that from years ago. I, forget, I think it was Greg Williams or somebody who was like, I need a, or it's like, I got a lozenge. I need a lozenge. That's my reference. Uh, oh, 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 okay. Um, all right. What do you got here? Uh, Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL. It is out six months. Man, just brutal. Brutal for him, for the Niners. My biggest comment there was just really impressed by that kid and his toughness that he went back in that game, even though it was clearly, you know, he tore it. And he went back in the game. He even threw two screen passes. Which is, I mean, I give him a lot of credit. People say, well, what else was he going to do? Well, what else is he going to do was not go back in the game. Um, I love that kid now. 
He's like a made guy for me with that toughness. Tuck Stakes. Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon says he's coming back to Philadelphia despite all of his head coaching interviews. It seemed like he was going to get the Broncos job. Not sure. I'm sorry, the Texans job. Not sure what happened there. Um, they decided to go with D'Amico Ryans. They preferred D'Amico. So it looks like Gannon's coming back. I don't know, though. I don't know. Did he interview with the Broncos? Uh, I don't know if he did or not. Um, I think I they're looking for last year. He interviewed with them last year. I know that much. Well, it's new new ownership, though. Um, I think they're looking for an offensive guy, right? Like, they want to get an offensive guy that can help um, Russell Wilson, and that makes sense. Tuck Stakes. More quarterback injury news where Justin Herbert – had surgery to report to repair a torn labrum in his left shoulder, or he will have surgery. I think he did. I, I think he did have the surgery, and I didn't even know about this. Did you? That he had, I did not know until they had said it afterward that he had suffered it. I mean, that's a true. I, right I didn't there. even know he had a shoulder injury. Um, kudos to him for finding a way to play through that thing and having a pretty darn good year with that torn labrum. And so now he's got to rehab that. At least it's not his throwing arm. Tuck Stakes. The Dolphins are expected to hire Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator, although he's taken to Twitter to publicly deny that. Yeah, I mean, they even had the contract terms, like three years, fourth-year option, highest-paid coordinator in the league. I don't know what the deal is there. He spent a lot of time around the Eagles this uh, this summer because I was with them and so was he everywhere. So, um, But I expect him to get back in it, so that, that does not surprise me. Tuck Stakes. Something we briefly mentioned on yesterday slash this morning's college draft, Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett was arrested for public intoxication in Dallas. My initial reaction was there is no way Stetson Bennett got arrested in the state of Georgia for public intoxication. So when I saw it was Dallas, that made a lot more sense to me. There was just no way that they would arrest him Republic intoxication in Georgia. I mean, no chance, dude. None whatsoever. But this definitely, just the judgment, decision-making, it's, um, it's not good for him. What is good for him and you is Peloton. You know about Peloton's bikes. They're awesome. But they got a lot of other stuff going. Treadmills, like my wife uses, all kinds of classes, yoga, strength training, interval training, boxing. I'm a big fan of the fact that you can pretty much do any type of workout you want whenever you want. That's the key. If you have 15 minutes, they have a 15-minute workout. If you have 45, they have a 45-minute workout. Peloton offers thousands of on-demand classes their instructors are awesome. The music is amazing. Try Peloton risk-free 
with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Tuck Stakes. After spending about five minutes on the open market, the Chargers hire former Cowboys offense coordinator Kellen Moore as their new OC. I think I said yesterday morning at 6 a.m. that he'd be hired by the end of the week. He was hired by the end of the day. Um, and deservingly so. I meant everything I said yesterday. I think he's good. And I think the Cowboys fans are really going to regret being a major reason why the Cowboys got rid of him. Cowboys fans were clamoring for him to get out of there. Well, they got what they wanted. Good luck. I think the Chargers offense will be better having Kellen Moore as the OC. Tuck Stakes. The salary cap for the 2023 season is expected to be about $224.8 million. That is like $16 million more, I think, than last year. So, good, good bump, good increase, good for the players. Tuck Stakes. Adam Barry is leaving Goldman Sachs for an Eagles executive position per Bloomberg. He is a Princeton football guy and the twin brother of Andrew Barry, the Browns GM, who went to Harvard. So twin brothers, one went to Harvard, one went to Princeton. And, um, you know, I think some of these guys love football and they're just like, yeah, Goldman Sachs is fine, but I'm ready for some football. So good for him. Uh, I'll be looking forward to talking with him and seeing seeing how he's doing, seeing what role he has. Shout-outs, by the way, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, BackOfficeScheduler.com, and MyFrontPageStory.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.